All right, welcome back to Feel Good Finance. We got a whole lot of stuff to talk about and to do this fine uh, Wednesday. We're, we're traveling in the future right now. It's Wednesday, I think. Uh, so, so but, but before we get started, uh, Joey, would you like to apologize? Yes. Uh, <laughs> if you have listened to our most recent episode, our first episode on Spotify, then you will have heard me say that I think space looks like no fun and I do not want to go. <laughs> And if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it and then return to this. But yeah, wait, pause for effect. Re- okay, yep. they're back. <laughs> All right. And we're back. But after seeing Richard Branson's statement today from outer space in the rocket, yep. it looked like a lot of fun. <laughs> and I will retract my statement and I would like to go to space now. So that is like it's like the perfect intro because what we ju- the news we just got was that they had they had the successful flight. Branson got up there and he's like, this is great. I didn't actually watch the video, but you did. And I was already sold on the whole thing. But um, what did he say? What, what, what happened when he was up there? Yeah, what really sold it for me. Well, I'm going to start with what sold it for me and then I'll go into what he said. <laughs> okay. But uh, what sold it for me was uh, seeing the other people jump around the cabin who uh, weren't astronauts and were just with Branson. Yeah. And it looked like a lot of fun being in zero gravity. But, <laughs> That's uh, what I was saying. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess I wasn't thinking properly. It did look like a good time. But uh, what Branson was saying was, uh, you know, just about follow your dreams. He said, look where I started and look where I am. I'm in space. You know, the the typical, you know, you can achieve anything you set your mind to. Yeah, but, um, easy when you're a billionaire. But if, yeah, exactly. But if you're unaware of Richard Branson's story, I highly recommend his um his one book. His one book um, here, let me look it up real quick because I actually read about half of it, stopped, went down a little rabbit hole with the Harry Potter books and I will go back to it, sure. but it's called losing my virginity, how I survived, had fun and made a fortune while doing it. And his, so his story is fascinating. Okay. And he, he titled it losing my virginity. That's, that's a very Richard Branson thing to do. Actually. It kind of fits. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. The other thing we talked about the last time was you were like, how many people could actually reasonably afford to pay them to go to space? I did a little digging. There's about 2 million people on Earth right now that can afford to go to space. But that sounds like a lot. It's actually, it's a 20th of a, per, no, not a 20th. It's a, it's one fifth of a percent of the world's population. And I, I use 7 billion. I think there's more than 7 billion. So it's probably even smaller than that right now. Okay. But it so, was a lot more than I thought. <laughs> I don't know what the exact price is to go to space, but I mean, shoot, 2 million people can do it. We might actually, they might actually see some profit. Yeah, I mean, it might expand quickly. It all depends how how fast um, companies can mass produce these rockets that can get people to space. You know, like we always talk about, something's worth what people are willing to pay for it. Damn true. Uh, I'm sure you've heard us say it a couple times. And uh, if people value space, you know, travel, and a lot of people want to do it, prices will remain high as long as uh, the quantity of rocket ships and the flights out there remain low. But uh, who knows? One day they might be mass produced, and it might be as common as the local indoor skydiving place. Or a top golf. God, that would so. be awesome. I would love that. So even after <laughs> yeah. they had, well, they had the successful flight. Basically, like it was like, boom, we did it. Nobody died. Things are good to go. Their shares dropped twelve percent. Uh, yet technically yesterday, back in the past, and uh, I'm getting really confused because we're doing this for the next day. But either way, so they they dropped twelve percent on Tuesday, and it was because uh, they announced they were selling like. God, I don't remember how much it was. It was like $5 billion worth of, uh, of their shares or something like that. Like they basically were like, hey, we, we, this whole space trip was a giant buffer so that we could sell a whole ton of stock. 
<laughs> is this Virgin we're talking about? Uh, yep. Richard Branson's company? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So what are they selling the stock off for? I'm, I'm assuming to raise capital. I have no clue. I didn't look that far into it. I just thought it was super interesting. I, well, I mean, why would they be doing that? So I assume it's probably because they, I don't know, they, they obviously know something we don't. That's always the case. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but well, mm -hmm. speaking of uh, speaking of earnings, so the, the bank earnings came back. JP Morgan had a killer uh, profit margin increase. But here's the funny thing mm -hmm. is that the revenue went down. So you're like, well, how the heck did they do that? It's because they literally rest they restructured their entire debt schedule because they assumed that everyone was going to default on loans last year. So they spent all that time. Yeah, they, they just assumed like no one was ever going to pay their debts again for the next two years. But we did. Like as soon as the government sent us all checks, we pretty much like I think I don't remember, but it was over half of all the government money in the first few rounds was all spent on paying down credit cards and loans, which is a great thing. That's a really good thing. That was that was a bold move by JP Morgan. That's a very bold bet to assume. But I can see why they would assume it. You know, they assume the worst in, in society and sometimes they'll surprise you. And in this case they surprised them and they lost uh they took a hit in the profit margin. But, yeah, uh, no, they, their profit margin got boosted. Their revenue went down. So that's oh, the wild revenue thing. Went down. They actually made more money. Even though they created less money, they were able to keep more of it, right? So, you know, profit mm -hmm. equals revenue minus cost. So, but yeah, but banks have like the weirdest uh, statements because they have like their, their balance sheets are funky because they basically have to like build in allowance for bad debt. So at the beginning of their year, they're pretty much predicting, all right, how much are people just not going to pay us? Like, what, what accounts are we going to lose? It's almost like a debt collection thing. It's weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's fascinating. I never would have thought of a, of a bank like that. I don't know. I guess I don't know as much about the, uh, the banking industry as, as you might or some other people might. But that is uh, that's very surprising. And do you know, has this happened to other banks as well? Or was JP Morgan the only one that you've heard of so far that has taken these steps? They released a couple different earnings numbers. I gotta be honest, I didn't look into all of them. They were, they made the headlines, which is why I got to see that. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. the next one that I saw that was really interesting, I thought is, I, someone claimed, someone made a claim. They're like, all right, e-commerce will be 26% of all US retail sales by 2025. It was 20% last year. I think that's an absolute load of crap. I think it's going to be 40 to 50% by 2025. <laughs> like, I was going to say that's lowballing your rate now. And so I'll tell you low. what, working in the, uh, in the shipping industry, uh, being a part of one of the major players, mm -hmm. um, you can see a lot of the companies such as UPS and FedEx really investing into hitting these e-commerce business hard yep. and giving them aggressive rates and really leaning into their small and medium-sized customers. I know FedEx was the first company to do this, um, but UPS has recently repositioned themselves. I don't know if you saw their, uh, I don't, I don't want to say it was an earnings call, but it was like their beginning of their fiscal year address from their new CEO. Okay. And she, uh, she just took over and she is basically trying to copy FedEx and saying that they're going to go after all the small and medium-sized e-commerce clients out there, lean into e-commerce and try to make shipping affordable and get a piece of that business. Um, but I mean, like, like we talked about, talk about too, and I don't know if we've mentioned it on this podcast before, but um, with all this e-commerce uh, going on, you're going to start seeing a lot of spaces open up out there such as malls as uh, as they, they continue to die. Mm -hmm. And um, you already start to see their inventory drop. I know I mentioned to you the other day that I went to the mall to look for some new clothes and um, they had just the most limited collection I've ever seen. 
smalls and mediums all around no larges or xls for me but um, <laughs> they were all stuck in a distribution center about 10 miles away <laughs> exactly and uh and wait to be shipped out to someone who bought it online and just uh it's something wild that i never thought i would have seen and uh, i think we'll start seeing these spaces open up in malls and uh we're gonna have to figure out what to do with them well, we see it in the industrial real estate markets constantly. I mean, there's a reason industrial has been the hottest product type as for, uh, God, coming on a year now or something like that. But literally, like every company and their mother is trying to open up a new distribution center in Texas, Florida. Uh, where else? Either way, we'll come back to that. But Texas and Florida are the two big ones where I probably, you know, think Atlanta, Chicago, big places like that, big distribution centers that can reach a ton of people. It's all the logistics companies are going crazy trying to find truckers because there's all this product moving around and no one to move it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't get enough truckers nowadays and you can't get enough people to work in the warehouses to actually sort and handle the packages. That's true. I know, uh, I know I've heard a couple companies, you know, a different, couple different hubs in different cities being, you know, several hundreds, if not thousands of people understaffed uh, on their night shifts just because they can't find people to work those late shifts. Well, we got we got the jobs report, I think it was today or yesterday, or I don't know, sometime in the, in the recent future, uh, recent past, where basically they said, I think we're 9 million jobs understaffed, which is, you know, obviously why and you and I are proponents wow. of kind of cutting down on the, the, you know, government checks coming in. But um, so 9 million understaffed and 300,000 of those are construction related. Uh, they didn't break down exactly how much, but the, the interesting thing, uh, part of this that I thought was weird was that they basically said, okay, we have actually enough low skilled labor. We don't have high skilled construction labor. So they can find, they can find dudes off the street to basically just move blocks, but they don't have anyone who actually knows how the systems work. And home builders can't find anyone that's like an experienced in home building construction. And that's, you know, it's basically stalling our ability to build homes. Yeah, it's, I actually used to be a, a recruiter in the construction industry for anyone listening out there who may know me and my personal <laughs> life. But uh, I ran into this problem several times you mentioned. You have, we have enough foremen out there who can, uh, who can work in the yards, but there's not enough project managers or superintendents or uh, high level engineers or any of these uh, different types of positions you mentioned uh, out there. I mean, these guys, the few that are out there that can do these jobs are getting several calls from headhunters a day, just like I used to be. I'm sure. All saying, hey, I got all these jobs and you know they don't want to hear it. They're happy where they've been for 30 years and retirement all set up. And yeah, right. why, why would they want to move across the country and take a new job? So, I mean, there's just not enough of these guys out there. No, I can tell you I would not either. Well, I guess I can't say that I'm not in their position. I, I don't know. It's just kind of crazy because a few months ago we looked at this and we're like all right what the heck's gonna happen with the economy it's obviously bubble this bubble that inflation this inflation that but the only thing holding us back is that we just don't have the hands to do it that's weird to me that's that's wild i didn't expect that at all i don't think anyone did yeah you you know you never really think that um that you're not going to have enough people to do these jobs until it really happens i suppose yeah and we just um, kind of take it as a given yeah and then circling back here to talking about the uh the government aid i I just i always thought it was funny and felt like yeah there are families out there who the the checks are going to that that need them it was a good Um, thing last year i mean everyone got laid off it was a very good it helped people survive it's a great thing yes but i do agree that they need to start cutting them back because at this point like i just got a fairly large check from the government and i i don't need it like someone in my like i don't need that money it doesn't need to be printed for me i I have a job i said the same thing 
we're doing fairly well. Like it's going to the wrong people almost mm -hmm. uh, a good chunk of the time. And, and yeah, you know, it's nice to get that money, but people in, in our position, we don't really need that money. And there's people out there who, who are homeless, who aren't getting that check because, you know, they don't have a bank account set up where they can just direct deposit it or, or a mailbox they go to to collect it. I don't even know how that would work. I, uh, it, it's funny you mentioned that because the same thing happened to me. I got two or three that I just didn't apply from and I was like, oh, look, it's, yeah. pushed, me, it's pushed me forward in my retirement planning. <laughs> yeah, like, it just shows up in your bank account. I'm okay, I'm working out. every day. Like, oh uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a weird touchy situation. And you mentioned the homeless people and I'm kind of thinking, I'm like, ooh, well, I probably should have donated. I'm, I'm going to go do some community service this weekend just so I feel good mm -hmm. about myself. That's, oof. Yeah, I probably could have done more. Well, we yeah. can tie that one into the restaurant labor shortage, and I have a theory. I'm so I'm mm -hmm. I have a theory here. So I think the restaurant uh, restaurant labor shortage uh, really doesn't have much to do with the fact that people aren't are getting paid to not do it. I actually think it's a product of gen like the generation below us, Gen Z economics. And I was thinking about it, and I'm like, so. It, well, you see the memes every day where it's like me going to work, blah, blah, blah. And then below it is the train hitting the other train. And the train doing the hitting is like a 10-year-old YouTuber who makes $2 million a year. That's kind of true. You can, I mean, shoot. Addison Rae is probably one of the richest people our age of all time. And all she does is shake her butt on TikTok. Like, that's literally it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Why, why would you go bust your butt in a restaurant for seven hours to make a varied amount of money that you don't know <laughs> you don't know how much that's going to be and you're probably going to yell at most of the time why would you do that when you could do something easier that doesn't actually provide anything you know i never thought about the angle like that you know because you think about people our age and, and i've worked a job since i was you know 15 and mm -hmm. the started in panera and then from there went to a trampoline park and from there went to giant eagle a local grocery store up here yep and uh the 16 to 18 year olds are not working yeah, and That's why you think of it. I know, I know for a fact my younger sister has never had a job. <laughs> well, no need to, no need to call her out too hard there. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's, it blows my mind because that would have not have flown back then. And I'm not saying she's making money off TikTok, but it's, it is it is something that I don't think is taken into account very often. That you have this younger generation who who has different means of making money, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. than YouTube the traditional path. Yep. Well, shoot. I mean, tell me you wouldn't either if you could post, you know, three YouTube videos a week and end up, wind up with 200 grand a year. I know I would. I would in a heartbeat. <laughs> I think know? anyone would. <laughs> I'll tell you what, and I have no problem saying this, I did not enjoy my time working for Panera Bread when I was 15 years old. It's difficult manual I don't labor. Think many fifteen-year-olds would. No, but you did it because you had to. Is I know all my <laughs> friends who worked in. I I did not work at a restaurant whenever I was in high school, but I, I know several people who did who actually put themselves through college on those savings, which is just unbelievable to me. But like, that's a grind. That that is a hard, hard grind. And so here's what I'm thinking is going to happen. Basically, one of two things: either one like the difficulty is going to get passed down the line so much that everyone is like, Oh my God, we literally cannot provide this goods and services we need to make this happen. Or on a lighter note, have you heard of flippy? Flippy. I have not heard of flippy. Flippy is it's, it's like, a, it's like a robotic arm and uh, all the burger places are investing in it. And what it does is it moves the fries back and forth and flips burgers and stuff. Uh, so I think, you know, gonna, I think I have seen this. We're going to see more flippies. We're going to automate it and we're going to save the money. And so the cost savings, like the cost of your McDonald's burger won't change. It won't be a problem because they won't need the labor. 
Yeah, I definitely think so. I think there's no reason why you couldn't put a Flippy in every McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, those type of chains and let them handle those. Mm -hmm. And then you can just reallocate, you know, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you can reallocate that labor then into the, you know, next tier of restaurants that, like the, your Texas Roadhouses, your Olive Gardens. Oh, the higher that, paid um, ones, next tier up. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Well, I mean, if people aren't working in the little ones, they're not going to work in the medium ones. But who knows? That'll be something to watch in the next year. Well, yeah. we can move on to the next one, which is, uh, so this is going to bum you out. Don't don't get too sad here. We're about oh. to have a major coffee shortage. No, you don't <laughs> yeah. say. So Brazil, Brazil. I don't a, believe it. Uh, well, it's coming. So the Brazil had a uh, massive drought, basically, that screwed up all their crops. And, you know, the problem with coffee beans is they take forever to grow. Like, you can't just fix it. So I, I'm, I'm calling it right now. They're basically saying September is the month when Brazil experiences the most amount of rain. So we're going to know as soon as September's over whether we're going into, like, a major coffee inflation period. And I think that's probably that, – if anything is going to break America, it's going to be a coffee shortage. I'll tell you right now, I, I cannot work or function in the morning without at least two cups of coffee. And I refuse to start my day until at least the first one's done. So, so we're going to look back. That would be detrimental. Well, yeah, we're going to look back 10 years from now and be like, so uh, teaching the history class, um, son, do you know why we had a recession at the end of 2021? Well, yes, dad. It's because Americans ran out of coffee <laughs> and just refused to work. <laughs> I would be so devastated that cannot be allowed to happen (laughs) well you don't know we won't know until september so it won't be an issue i guess if we're sticking someone needs uh, to get on that yeah yeah well you know what you should do plant some coffee crops now and i think in like two years whenever they start to be like anything i don't know how long it takes i want to say i remember six years but that just sounds absolutely unreasonable like there, there just seems like there's no way six years is how long it takes to do a coffee crop that's uh that's that's the hell of a hell of a time there, let me tell you. I hope I'm wrong. But I hope it's closer to like six months or something. <laughs> what I think needs to be done is we need to get uh, all our brightest minds off space travel yeah. and focused on the coffee trade. More that, caffeine. <laughs> that is the important stuff right there. You know what I'll I could bet. do without space mm-hmm. if it meant unlimited coffee. You know what I think is gonna happen? Um we're mm. basically we're, we're gonna recreate caffeine. So I don't I don't is caffeine like a natural substance? Like how does but how does caffeine work? Do you know? Um, yeah, you just grow the beans and then you grind the beans up. Well, caffeine, like, not coffee, is because I know it, oh. does does caffeine come exclusively from coffee beans? Like, is that where you get it, or does it just happen to exist in coffee beans? I literally don't know. Um, I would say it just happens to exist in coffee beans. Um, there's definitely probably other types of caffeine, like espresso, have you? But then I know there's special espresso beans as well that I think it just exists in there. And the only reason I say this, this is totally on a hunch. So someone knows better. I apologize for offending you. I'm looking at it right now. (laughs) Yeah. But I I know every morning how I take my coffee. I like to grind up fresh beans. My dad and I have a grinder, grind up the fresh beans, throw it in the French press and, uh, and, you know, make up, make your own coffee. And, uh, you know, just scoop the beans out of the bag, put them in the grinder you, you go, you um, go then, extra fancy. I literally just pop the cake up in and I'm done. Mm, well, that's for my second cup of coffee. I don't have time <laughs> to sit there and boil water all day. But the first cup, especially on the weekends, nothing better than than boiling the hot water and putting the fresh coffee in the French press and you like to making hunt for it your yourself. Meat. Oh, man. 
Oh, there's nothing more relaxing than reading a nice book and drinking a nice fresh French pressed cup of coffee on a Saturday morning. I will actually agree with that one. That's truly unmatched. So I, I've got it right here. Caffeine is naturally found in the leaves and fruits of some plants. Some plants doesn't really tell me anything. I didn't think about green tea though. Green tea leaves definitely have caffeine, even if it is like half as much. Uh, so yeah. we may be okay there, but what I was like, where I was going with that is, so my pre-workout that I've got up there that, you know, you use before you lift weights, and it makes you feel like Superman that it's got a ton of caffeine in it. And I don't think it comes from coffee beans. So are alternate products like that going to basically take over if there's a coffee shortage, like, are, instead of drinking coffee, are we basically going to like crack a monster as miserable as that sounds <laughs> at 8 a.m.? I, you know, personally, I would make the jump. I, I do drink Red Bull on occasion whenever I need a burst of energy or when I'm uh, when I'm out on the town. Mm-hmm. I'll enjoy a, a nice Red Bull with uh, mixed with some other stuff. But Vodka Red Bull will get you moving. <laughs> oh, shoot. Going, well, hey, we probably to stay up. I've had the clean tag on this so far. I may have to change it to explicit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, but, well, um, yep. but I don't know. I think I'd make the jump to, to tea before I made the jump to, uh, you know, a mom monster every morning i think i tried tea and if tea didn't work out and i didn't get the proper energy i needed maybe i'd been ramping up to the red bulls every day but that that'd be a quick way to an early grave i don't think my heart would thank me it's a for that i was a green tea fiend for quite a while probably three months where it was like it was the only thing i drank and it was awesome but the problem is it does not have a lot of caffeine it's like a relaxing mm-hmm. like you sit there and you're, you're enjoying it and you're like whoa I'm actually not getting any work done right now. <laughs> like I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm enjoying myself. Uh, I never thought about, I, yeah, I've never tried tea before. So definitely, I don't know, definitely something I'd like to try, tea. but yeah, it's worth it. All right. We'll dive into the last one. Uh, and this is a touchy subject. So I'm going to be careful how we dance around this one. The, uh, the Cuba thing. Have you heard, uh, have you heard about that? Break it down for me. What's uh, what's going on there? So Cuba recently, I think, had a bit of a power shift, uh, and it's a, no, I don't know if they had a power shift. No, that was uh, the other president that died. I think Hades. But so in Cuba, there's been horrible riots for like the past few days, coming up on probably a week now, where people are basically saying, "We're just completely done and sick of the authoritarian government. Like we don't have healthcare, we don't have food, we don't have water. We don't. Have, we get black rolling blackouts every day for hours." And it's it's just a horrible mess. Jeez, oh, I see right here they they're currently having a government shutdown. Is it? God, it looks like I don't even know. It, so and yeah, uh, it, times like this, when I'm like, oh man, I am so glad I'm sitting here comfy in Florida. Yeah, I see here right now. DeSantis uh, said today actually that he wants to provide internet to the residents in Cuba. Uh, now that they enter their third day of massive protests amid widespread internet shutdowns that have hindered the flow of information, putting them into darkness. Jeez. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, so what do we, like, send AT&T trucks out there? Like, how do, how do we, how does Florida provide internet to another island? <laughs> I don't understand that. was going to be all. my question, yeah. I don't, I don't know how, I don't think they can just hook up from the island of Cuba to the broadband internet to the state of Florida. I, think, I don't know. I, I don't think, think I know. Florida can just put up a power. So I think what they're going to do is they're going to do like a, get like the Jurassic Park helicopters that carry the dinosaurs and they're going to get giant mm-hmm. cables and just run the giant cables across <laughs> the ocean and drop it in Cuba. <laughs> oh my God. I'd love 
to just be in the air. Imagine Richard Branson coming back down from space and oh, he just sees man. a giant cable stretching from Florida to Cuba. And he's like, what has happened? Him and Elon are like, what, the second I leave, <laughs> Jeff Bezos, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's Bezos, Musk, and Branson. All like, I'll come down at once and they're like, you had one job. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> We leave for one week to go to space, <laughs> and this is what the world has come to. Yeah, and you know, the United States is like, it's like the child just holding the holding the thing they're not supposed to. Like, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, man. Branson's British, isn't he? Yes, he is. He is. And uh, it's fascinating. I never realized. Did you know he, he used to be, like, pretty poor and started his – the Virgin Company started as a uh, – as actually a newspaper – at his high school. Didn't they do Virgin Mobile too? Yep. It, well, it started as, it was called a, it was a newspaper called Student, and then it became a newspaper called Virgin, hmm. and then he started Virgin Music, which was a record shop he sold uh, records out of, and then he started the recording studio, Virgin Studios, and then from there, I mean, they branched out into every different kind of business you could think of. But yeah, it started as a newspaper at his school called Student, because I guess back whenever he was in, in high school, I don't know if it was the 60s, I can't remember, 70s. But I guess students re- really didn't have too much of a say what was going on, and he was tired of taking a beating every day. Well, you know, 60s and 70s, there's a whole, there's a large chunk of people who didn't have a say what's going on. I mean, we had civil rights movement, mm-hmm. and, you know, extra voting and everything, so it was well-timed. But my question is, so his company was student while he was school and then Virgin after. Did he just name the company after what he was at the time? Um... <laughs> <laughs> that's not exactly how it happened <laughs> but uh but long story short on, on how the name virgin came about uh i think it's widely known that he was kind of a, a hippie type of character mm-hmm. almost and he was sitting around in a room with a with a bunch of other people you know at the time and uh, they were kicking around ideas for a bunch of people around his age with like-minded uh, ideas and uh, one of them just came up with the idea of Virgin. They were like, why don't we just call it Virgin? It's a catchy and, name because uh, it makes you think. <laughs> you're like, why? Why the yeah. heck? Like, I know one definition for this word, and you're not the one that comes to mind whenever I think of it. Exactly. And that's that's kind of where it came from. And I know there's there's more context behind it, but that's essentially what it was. He was sitting around in a room with a, with a bunch of other people kicking around names, and someone just happened to spout off Virgin, and he was like, we're going with it. <laughs> It'll stick. It's catchy. It is. Because, I mean, yeah. I like it. Well, mm-hmm. so sp- we're staying on the topic of billionaires. Did you see what Elon Musk said about being a CEO? <laughs> what did he say? He said, I absolutely hate it. I'd rather just be doing development and uh, like engineering stuff. And they're like, well, then why are you still the CEO? Why'd you name someone? He said, Tesla would literally fall apart in five minutes if I left. <laughs> and I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah. he is Tesla. Like he absolutely is the company. The power of having someone charismatic in charge is underrated. Yeah, you need him to be CEO or at least heavily involved in the company because he's what drives headlines even. I mean, I would – I mean, like they say, no publicity is bad publicity. He is a And a lot following. of the times – yeah, he is he – is, he can make a headline out of anything. He sells flamethrowers, headline. <laughs> he goes on Joe Rogan's podcast and smokes a doobie. Boom, headline. My favorite. <laughs> he just does whatever he, he really wants because he can. I mean, and, uh, and you know – he gets his name out there. I think everyone knows who Elon Musk is at this point. Um, and if if you don't know, then you at least have heard of Tesla before. Well, so you're absolutely right. And so, all right, we're we're gonna do the last topic, 
And uh, did you did you watch the UFC fight, the Conor McGregor fight? It's a bit of a left turn. Speaking of marketing, though, I didn't watch it, but I you know saw the aftermath with his broken leg and uh, and all that. So it was insane. I mean, the man the man literally cannot feel pain. Like there's no way from like the second he broke his leg, he's on the ground, and two seconds later he says, "Yeah, it's my leg. I think it's a fracture. It's done." <laughs> The next fight is going to be in, like, it just immediately started promoting himself right after. He is a genius marketer, and also he does not feel pain. Like, there's no way someone can be thinking of their next business move while their leg was at a 90-degree angle literally five seconds before. Yeah, some of these people's minds, and you see that with a lot of fighters. I mean, it's almost like, it's not almost like they are running their own business. Uh, It's all about promoting yourself in, in your next fight. And some of these guys, the way their minds work, they're such great businessmen. And another guy that comes to mind is Floyd Mayweather. Mm-hmm. And uh, and people don't give him credit, I think. Um, I don't know why at this point. But he is a genius when it comes to marketing his fights. And the same can be said, unfortunately. And I hate to mention these guys in the same breath as Mayweather. But the Paul brothers are genius marketers. I completely I agree. don't like them. Yep. A lot of people may not like them. But... They have found a way to become amateur boxers mm-hmm. and make more money than most fighters will in their career. And, and guess what? They win because they're smart enough that they pick people that are technically professional, but they're not good enough to be a big deal. So, like, they'll pick someone. Like, everyone's like, oh, it's like, well, I've heard that name before. Some YouTube guys fighting that guy, and then they win. And you're like, oh, my God. They're absolute geniuses, and it kind of does piss me off. But they are really smart if they are yep. super annoying. And they're really good at causing controversy. I mean, oh, they're so good at it. Jake Paul wants to be hated. He wants you to hate him because he wants you to buy his fight after you see he's... Yeah, he, he's wants you to, he wants you to buy in so that you can hopefully watch him get his butt kicked. Exactly. And he is so smart for going about it like that because that is what puts butts in seats. That's what sells tickets and sells sells pay-per-views. I mean... I hate him so much. I would, I, I mean, I have not bought one of his fights yet, but as soon as I see a name on a card that I think might beat him, you better believe I'm going to cough up the 60 bucks. Yeah, I mean, referring to the last one we just talked about, you saw Dustin Poirier on, uh, or Poirier on, on the ticket with Logan Paul at a UFC fight. I would, uh, I would drop a hot $100 to watch Dustin beat the heck out of him. Oh, gosh. I agree. I oh, would pay, wild. I would pay $100 if, either of the Paul brothers pick the fight with any current MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. And like like the hard ones too. Oh my God, like Nate Diaz. Mm-hmm. Nate Diaz is a monster. And I think he's one of those people that truly does not care about the promotion. Like him and, him and Dustin are the same in that literally at the end, they're just bleeding down their face and someone's like, what do you think about what this guy said? And he's like, I do not care what this guy said about me. I'm here to fight. I'm here because I'm really good at what I do and I make you a lot of money. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's well. Yep. Arguably, they yep. need the Conor McGregor's of the world, or else they would not have any money. Yeah, exactly. And Conor Conor McGregor's smart man. If he retired now, I think he'd be well set up. He has his own line of uh, proper twelve Irish whiskey. Um, he has a yeah, bunch of other things in the it's, works. It's okay. I mean, it's not that good. It's not that great, but people <laughs> buy it because of the name attached. Yeah, you buy it because proper number twelve. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and. Uh, and I honestly think, you know, at this point, it'd be smarter for him to go into the WWE like Ronda Rousey after snapping his leg in half. I don't know how much more he's got in the tank. He's like literally a real life WWE star. It's awesome. 
I yeah, he's Dana White's favorite person on the planet because everyone knows like that if you see Conor McGregor on the card, it doesn't matter how good the fight actually is. People will buy it just to see him do his stupid billionaire walk out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, one day you're watching him in the ring, or you're watching him actually act like a civilized person, <laughs> yeah. and then the next video surfaces in TMZ, and he's throwing chairs at his tour bus, screaming at people. Oh, I when mean, he it's... beat up the old man in like the middle of the subway or something. Do you remember that? Yeah. Holy yep. cow, he's just a crazy dude. Shoot. Yep, and it sells, man. It sells. It does. It sells tickets. So I think the last thing we should do, I think, we, so I know this is like episode two of when we're actually a podcast and not just on YouTube, is we should, we should set some goals. And so the goal that I'm going to, we'll bounce back and forth. The goal that I want to propose is I want to have a billionaire on here. I know it's a tall order. I think we could get Musk on one day. I think we could. <laughs> I think for a couple for years it. down the road. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I think he just might be crazy enough to do it. I think, yeah, if we can keep this going for several years and it hits the point where, you know, people people will recognize this name or something like that. He might be like, oh, yeah, well, I, like the, I like the way those guys think. And, you know, we'll come on here and, you know, we're going to be dudes about it. We're just going to kind of mess with them and be like, yeah, I want to hear your craziest ideas hold nothing back. Like, you know, having the monkeys play Pong with the Neuralink thing. That's absolutely genius. Or funding your next car with a flamethrower. Also genius. I think we could also get Richard Branson on one day even. Oh, man, you're saying two billionaires. I I think after reading his book, I think he'd respect it if we reached out to him and asked him if he'd come on. I'm assuming he gets a lot of of asks, so we'd have to be unique about how we approached him. Yeah, so how how are we going to get him? He's in space right now. Do we – Carrier Pigeon will get him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> SOS, let's make an S- giant SOS on a beach. Yeah, we're, yeah. <laughs> it's just a giant SOS thing. Richard Branson. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, you message a Twitter account and you're going to get one of 100 interns. Yeah. Oh, Having a man. UFC fighter would also be cool. It would be cool one day to have a UFC fighter on, I think. They just have one that understands the business side of things, you know. I don't think we could have Connor on, he's a little crazy. But yeah, it's, I'm, I'm okay. Another business minded individual, yeah. I'm thinking like this this whole show is basically just geared towards taking a look at business in a different way business, technology, entrepreneurship. And so, the crazy CEOs are obviously always the most fun for us, but they're also the best to talk to because they push the envelope, they take us in different directions. I agree, and I'll end. I'll end my thoughts if you're done on a Richard Branson quote that struck me Works when I read his book. Mm-hmm. I keep a list of all quotes that stick out to me in my notes app. I have a very long list. <laughs> yes, but this was one that stuck out to me in his nerds. book. <laughs> yep. And Richard Branson said, I can honestly say that I have never gone into any business purely to make money. If that is the sole motive, then I believe you are better off not doing it. Yep. A business has to be involving. It has to be fun. And it has to exercise your creative instincts. I love it. Got to provide value. So what's, okay, right before we end, because I know we're doing the second, this is the second one for this week. What's the deal with next week? You're going to be gone for a little bit? Yep. I'll be out of town until... I get back in, I want to say, next Saturday. Like, not not this weekend, but the weekend following oh, Saturday. So then I should be good for Sunday. Shoot. The, let me look. Sunday the 26th or 25th. Well, I don't want to be that long without content. Do you, do you have, like, 20 minutes to tear yourself away at some point, or are we just going to go without? Um, let me see. When do you plan on releasing this? I was going to have it scheduled for, uh, you know, today, Wednesday. Okay. Okay. 
Um, yeah, we, we, we could probably record again um, Thursday or Friday All right. this week. Either Actually, way. I leave Friday, so Thursday, I guess, if you want to do an episode Thursday and have it set to release Sunday. There you have it, folks. You won't be too long without hearing our horrible voices. <laughs> All right. Taking care of you. Thanks, everybody. We'll be seeing you soon. Appreciate it. Yep. Have a good one.